0: Welcome to True North Vineyard Podcast, where we share our Sunday gathering messages. True North is a vibrant church plant community located in Traverse City, Michigan area. We are centered in the Bible and follow the example of Jesus praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. We hope that our Sunday gathering messages encourage you to lean into the word of God and compel you to take action. To connect with us, visit our website, VineyardTrueNorth.ChurchCenter.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We're going to be entering back into the book of Luke. And as we uh, progress through in the next few weeks, we're going to see how Jesus engages evil. Uh, we're going to see that Jesus' war is to liberate you and I from dark powers. He's come to liberate you and me through warfare. And he does it to set us back on that path. It's to set us back on his original design. John writes in his first epistle, he says, But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. We talked about last week for a moment that we can look at what happened with humanity. Humanity went bad because they were tempted by the devil in the garden. And ever since that disobedience, evil has infested the world. But Jesus comes to destroy that very evil. He's come to liberate us from that thing and to bring us into his ways and to love him, and to work beside him. And he does this because he loves you. He does this because when he looked at you, he said, I love you. I want to set you free. You are not supposed to live apart from me. John writes in his gospel, he says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So in the next few weeks, as we engage with Jesus' ministry and his teachings, we're gonna to touch on many ways that evil has infested our world and, that, and how God has designed the church to deal with this evil. We're gonna be discussing throughout the rest of chapter six, which is the, uh, the chapter we're in in Luke, and we're gonna see how Jesus Overthrows evil and understand how He wants us to respond as the kingdom breaks in. And tonight I'm going to focus in on the evil of sickness and disease and death and how Jesus has come to heal you. So if you'll turn with me, we're going to go to Luke chapter six. We're going to go to verse 12 through 19. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, who he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There are people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Jesus initiates his kingdom by presenting the mercy of God. Jesus comes off of this mountain, and he's chosen his 12 disciples. He takes these guys, and these guys represent a reconstituted Israel. There's 12 tribes of Israel, and these guys symbolically represent Israel. And that means that Jesus is the king. Jesus is now the king and he has come to overthrow evil. Oh, forgive me one second here. I lost my, my notes for a second. Forgive me on that one. He comes off the mountain and he takes these 12 men and these 12 men now are his, his his guys. He's going to teach them everything about what this ministry is about. He takes these guys and he's going to train them what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. In the next chapter, we're going to explore what the morals and the ethics and what is required of us. But the first thing that Jesus does is he comes to heal. He comes to set people free The first action of this new king was to demonstrate God's mercy by healing the sick and the tormented. Jesus heals because he loves you. Jesus heals all of these people because he loved them. When you come and you see that kind of picture, Jesus is surrounded by hundreds of men he takes these guys and he takes and handpicks 12 of them. And when he comes down the mountain, there's thousands of people on this, on this plane. And they've come from all over Israel. And they're bringing people on mats. Some of them... Uh, are probably injured by certain things. They didn't have doctors the way we have doctors. They didn't set bones the way that we set bones. Some people are maimed. Some people are crippled. Some people have brain damage. Some people are born with deformities. And all of these people with tumors and goiters, blindness, they're lame, they're crippled, and they're traveling for hundreds and hundreds of miles just to get to this one guy who is rumored to heal them. That's the thing. There's just a rumor. It's all word of mouth. It's not like we have the internet. It's not like you can go on YouTube today and just, oh, here's the healer of the day. If you just listen to this guy talk, you're going to get healed through this TV screen. No, they had to go thousands or hundreds of miles to find this guy in the middle of the desert. And it says that healing power was going out from him. All they wanted to do was grasp a hold of him. And if they could, they would just be healed. And it says that Jesus healed them all. The first act of this king was to love them. The first act of this king was to rid them of that evil condition that was wrought on them by the devil. You see, evil has separated humanity from God. This is the story of Adam and Eve. When we go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, they were meant to go out and experience God in the fullness. But when they were tempted by the enemy, and they ate of the knowledge of the, good, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their minds were opened to evil. And that's all they did. Evil was perpetrated because of this. And you and I live in a world of evil because of that event. And Jesus has come to rid us of that evil. And a part of that evil is sickness and disease. You and I were never meant to experience that reality. And so he comes and he heals them because he loves them, and he's doing war against the enemy. When Jesus heals, he demonstrates his love for you and his judgment against Satan. This is what the Bible says. In Matthew 8, It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy left. Another passage in Matthew 15 a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who could not speak, and many others. They laid, him, they laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking, and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. And in Acts chapter 10, Peter says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit, and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus heals because he loves us, and he is destroying the works of the devil. He is eliminating evil. So how does Jesus heal? Well, Jesus, in the passage we saw in Acts, is filled with the Holy Spirit. He goes about all of Galilee and in Judea, and he begins to heal because the Holy Spirit is upon him. And the apostles are in this mix. They get uh, thrown into the setting. We'll see this in chapters 9 and 10, where all of the disciples are then sent out, and they're filled with the Spirit to heal the sick and cast out demons. And then, in Acts chapter 2, The Spirit of God is poured out on all of the church. The Spirit of God is now a part of every part of us. He has now come to indwell you. So how does Jesus heal? Jesus heals through us. Jesus defeats evil through us. Jesus heals four main things that I can think of. He heals us physically. He heals us emotionally. He heals us spiritually. And he heals us mentally. When I began my journey in the healing ministry, I was just about 19 years old. I had joined a a Pentecostal internship. And, you know, we're, we're told, hey, Jesus heals today. So you're going to go out there, and you're going to lay hands on the sick, and it's going to be awesome. People are going to get healed. And so I did that as much as I could, and, you know, I'm nervous. So I'm not like a very good street preacher. I'm really kind of nervous and scared. And so I tried this for about eight months, and no one got healed. I'm laying hands on everybody I can. I've got my aunt I'm praying for. I'm praying for my friends, and no one's getting healed like ever. And like the first guy I pray for that actually gets healed, I'm like, I'm as surprised as the kid is surprised. (laughs) Like this kid's got a soft cast on his arm and he hurt himself in, uh, like I think it was uh, a skateboarding accident over at Bayer. And so the guy does this ollie, hurts his arm, comes to church, got this soft shoulder cast thing on his arm and I pray for him and he's like, the pain's gone takes the shoulder strap off, throws it, and starts banging his arm on the lockers. I'm like, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) And he's like, I'm good. This is great. I'm healed. And I was like, cool, sweet. This is awesome. And I'm just, I'm super stoked. Like, I'm super Christian today. Like, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) this is awesome. From that point on, I start seeing more healings. I see a kid who has a back problem. He hurt his back also, in a sports-related incident, and he is healed. I start seeing some kids who have like a sickness of a cold or a flu, all minor things. And so my friend Tony, Tony came here about a year ago. Tony and I are doing this together. We're going everywhere. We're just looking for people who are sick. Like we're driving in the car. We're looking for crutches. We're looking for casts. We're like looking to target people. Well, he calls me one night, and he says, "Hey." Uh, how do I heal cancer? Well, I don't know. I I've prayed for a guy who had, like, uh, a cold. I have no idea. I don't even know if God does that, you know? And so I just, like, make it up on the spot, and I'm like, hey, just pray this way. Do this, you know? So I'm like, yeah, real dumb. I'm 19. Like, this is not a prescription. Do not go and do what I did. This is me being 19 years old, and very zealous for the Lord, with no training, to be honest. And so I told him what I thought was true. And we met up for breakfast the next morning. He's like, that didn't work. Said, okay. Well, let's, let's try something else. So we got in this truck, and we began to pray. We threw on um, Hillsong United songs. <laughs> We're just driving down the road. And we get to Margot's house. Yeah, it's the best one. Hillsong United, classic. Classic Pentecostal right there. I get into Margot's house, and Margot's feet are just inflated. They're inflamed. They're just massive. They look like footballs attached to legs. And I remember having a lot of fear as I laid my hands on her shoulder. And I remember... There was just that wash of peace that when I prayed for just came over her and me, and she had the Pentecostal fall over scenario, and I was like, okay, she was probably healed. This probably was real. And so Tony and I, we're like, that probably happened. This is awesome. But we have no proof of that at all. We're just thinking the Lord healed her. So I go out of that scenario and a couple weeks go by and I'm driving from Modesto, California to uh, Las Vegas and I'm with my brother and his friend and his girlfriend and I'm talking to them about God's healing power. And they're like, now, this didn't happen. Don't think it happened. And as I'm talking to them, I get a phone call from Tony right in the middle of the conversation. I answer the phone and he says, hey, Margot went to the doctor today and the cancer's gone. So I throw on the speaker, and I said, can you say that again? And (laughs) that was the best witnessing tool I've ever used in my entire life. (laughs) A few years later, um, Tony and I are pastoring in another church, and I had not uh, pursued the healing ministry uh, past my internship. And I had decided that uh, I was a conviction that I needed to pray for healing again, And so I started praying for the kids in my youth group. And this kid got healed of a fever pretty hard. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is sweet. God still heals. This is awesome. (laughs) And I was talking to my dad about this. And he had been going to Red Robin um, to watch the Giants play in the playoffs that year. Because he's a San Francisco Giants big fan. And yes, Red Robin is a restaurant. And my dad had been ministering to one of the waitresses at the bar because he would go up. We didn't, have, we didn't have cable at the house. We didn't have cable at the house, so my dad would go and watch the game sitting in the restaurant bar. Sorry, I don't mean to throw you under the bus there. But you were ministering to the waitress who was serving you food. And so he comes home to me one night and he says, Hey, Jared, there's this waitress, and her wrist is messed up and she's scheduled for surgery and I'm like, okay, and she's like, would you mind coming over and praying for her sometime while you watch the game with me? I'm like, sure, so I go with my dad to watch the Giants, I'm not sure if it was the uh, whatever part of the playoffs it was, but um, I just struck up a conversation with a lady, and I was nervous, I hadn't prayed for someone for healing outside of like a ministry context in a very long time, and so I'm really nervous. I'm sweating, and I'm having this conversation, and I somehow get up the the confidence to say, by the way, I am a Christian. I believe that God heals today, and when I pray for people, sometimes they get healed, and sometimes they do not. Would you like to be healed? I believe that the Lord can heal you, she says, yeah, I would love prayer for that. And so I'm like, okay. So I took her hand and I prayed for a great prayer of faith, Lord healer in Jesus' name, and ate my dinner and awkwardly tried to not, you know, be weird the whole night. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks later, my dad's like, hey, uh, the waitress would really like to talk to you about what happened. I'm like, oh, okay. So I go in and we're watching the World Series at that point in time. And she comes over and she says, Hey, I just want you to know that I canceled the surgery. There has been no pain in my hand since you prayed for it. So I've canceled the surgery. And we have tons of stories like that, right? Amen. Like, this is the story of the church. And this isn't my story. I'm, not, I'm just talking out of personal stories. There's a book that I've been reading called Miracles, it's a two volume set by Craig Keener. It's got thousands of stories of healings and miracles and signs and wonders and resurrections from the dead. Thousands of them. I would impress you to go and read those books because God is healing today. And this is a part of the church setting is that we pray and we drive out evil from people because sickness and disease is not caused by God. It is caused by the enemy. It's caused by the evil conditions of the world. And you and I are called to defeat that. The second piece that God heals is emotions. There's this story from uh, a documentary called Sheep Among Wolves. And you can watch that on YouTube. It's about uh, the church in Iran and how they're going through and how God is doing amazing works in Iran. There's this young girl by the name of Fatma. And Fatma was molested and raped by her father's friend when she was very young. And when she went and told her father, her father did nothing. Called her a liar, dismissed her, and allowed for further abuse for several years. And as Fatma grew up, she grew up with anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder and depression, and she struggled and struggled and struggled, and she tried to commit suicide several times. And when she was about 17 years old, she decided that she was done with this life. The meds weren't working, therapy wasn't working, nothing was working. And so she decided to throw a rope over one of the beams in her room. She tied her neck to the noose, got on top of the chair, and said, God, if you love me, save me. Jumped off the chair. Then she had an out-of-body experience. The thing is, is, she didn't feel like she was hanging She had a vision where she was now sitting like a little girl on top of Jesus's shoulders. She didn't know it was Jesus, but all she knew was that this was peace. This felt like a real father. This felt like someone who actually did care for the troubles that she'd gone through and all of the pain that hurt. And when she asked who the man was, the man said, my name is Jesus. And she woke up, she was on the bed, she had a rope burn around her throat but she was not tied to a rope, she was alive. The next thing, she found the underground church, and now years and years later, she's an evangelist in the underground church in Iran. Another way that God heals is by is through our mental disorders. In, in uh, Alexander Venter's book called Doing Healing, he tells this story of his brother-in-law, Robin, And Robin was abused by his stepmother. And he was sexually abused, and he was bullied at school by his teachers and his friends. And as he grew up, he just felt hopeless. He felt like he couldn't ever achieve anything. Like nothing he ever did was good enough. He struggled with this over and over again. And when he got into college, he started dating a few girls. And each of these girls he dated he got them pregnant. And each of these girls had abortions. And he was so hurt by these things as well, because now, not only were they like dismissing him, now they were killing off his children. He felt still hopeless. And that bitterness and that resentment just got deeper and deeper. When he finally did get married, he and his wife couldn't conceive children. And so he just lives with this idea in his heart that there is nothing he can do. He is not in control. And this obsessive-compulsive disorder got worse and worse and worse until he started hearing voices in his head, and he named the voices Niber, which is his name backwards. So his wife institutionalized him. And for years, the doctors could not help him. They gave him medication, They gave him psychiatry. Nothing was working until she brought her pastor to see him. So after several conversations, the pastor decides, I'm going to do something. I think this is something that you need healing for. And he laid his hands on him and prayed for him. And when he said, in the name of Jesus, Robin falls over and starts convulsing. And he he expresses this story as though a vacuum had gone into his chest and began to suck out all of the bad pieces of his life. And when he got up, he had peace. He was set free. He has been serving the Lord for 20 years now. The last thing that God heals is spiritual. And this is the most important thing that God heals God heals that relational barrier between him and you. He sets you free from dark powers. And when you come to him in faith, he is good to set us free from the spiritual conditions of evil and to bring you into the kingdom of light. In conclusion, healing is for today. Healing is for the removal of evil. You and I have been called to remove evil. If I can have the band come up. Healing can be understood through the doctrine of the kingdom of God, which in theological terms is called the already and the not yet. That is to say that Jesus has defeated the root of evil at the cross. What Jesus did at the cross, he defeated the root of evil. But evil is still rearing its head and resisting defeat until Jesus returns. And so we can expect God to heal us today, but also realize that we are not healed every time we are prayed for. We always approach healing as though it is God's will to heal, though. Because when we pray for people, we know that sickness and disease are evil conditions that are brought upon us by the devil. What we need to do in this place for us to receive healing in any of these conditions is we need to have faith. We need to believe. This is your response to him. God wants to heal you, God wants to set you free. And your response is to believe that he wants to do what he says he wants to do. Thanks again for tuning in to the True North Vineyard podcast. We hope that you are blessed by this message. To connect with us, be sure to visit our website, North.churchcenter.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at True North Vineyard. We hope to see you soon.